Music team, take your Bible. We're going to Acts 11 this morning. We were in Acts 10 last week. We pick up the same refrain from Peter as he repeats, but then gives us one little glimpse of difference, and that's where I want us to look this day. Acts chapter 11, we begin reading in verse 1 and read down through verse 18. Good to see all of you today uh, in this second service. A wonderful time early. Hope you've had a good small group, and uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Those of you online with us, hope you'll find your place in your Bible. Those on television, radio, thank you for being a part here at Olive Baptist Church. Acts 11, beginning in verse number 1. Now the apostles and the brethren who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the Word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, now remember, he's been in Joppa and Caesarea, and God has fallen on the Gentiles, and now he's come up to Jerusalem to tell this story to the apostles. So when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were circumcised took issue with him, saying, you went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. The hypocrisy. They they were more upset about the eating of meat than they were the receiving of the Word of God. Sound almost Baptistic. But Peter began speaking and proceeded to explain to them in orderly sequence, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object coming down like a great sheet lowered by four corners from the sky, and it came right down to me. And when I had fixed my gaze on it and was observing it, I saw the four-footed animals of the earth and the wild beasts and the crawling creatures and the birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing unholy or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a voice from heaven answered a second time, what God has cleansed no longer consider unholy. This happened three times, and everything was drawn back up into the sky. Behold, at that moment, three men appeared at the house in which we were staying, having been sent to me from Caesarea. The Spirit told me to go with them without misgivings. These six brethren also went with me, and we entered the man's house. And he reported to us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, send to Joppa and have Simon, who is also called Peter, brought here. He will speak words to you by which you will be saved, you and all your household. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it did upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if God gave to them the same gift he has given to us also after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God saying, well then, God has granted to the Gentiles also the repentance that leads to life. So Peter has had this glorious experience that we looked at last week. And now he's gone up to the mother church in Jerusalem to share it. Uh, It does not meet with immediate positive response. But he said, how can I stand in their way? I preached the Spirit of God fell. They received the Spirit there just like we did in Acts chapter 2 back at Pentecost. 
they began to have the same experience we had. I could not stand there in the way. And he said, it then dawned on me. And this is the little addition, and it's our text for the morning. He said in verse 16, I remembered what Jesus used to tell us, how the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so I want to look this morning at this verse in the context of Peter's report on two kinds of baptism. The word baptism is used, of course, twice in verse 16. John baptized, and you will be baptized. The word there in the Greek New Testament is the word baptizo, has a zeo on the end of it. And you can find varied translations of this word. One author said it is to cover wholly with a fluid. One said it is to be fully wet, not just sprinkled upon. Another said it can mean to overwhelm or to saturate. <laughs> kind of like the last 40 days and nights here in Northwest Florida, save the last two, where we've been saturated, overcome, overwhelmed. And Peter said, I remembered what Jesus said that John, he would baptizo you with water, but then you will also be baptizo with the Holy Spirit. Water baptism, spirit baptism. I want to look first at water baptism, though really it should be looked at second, but I wanted to take it in the order in which Luke gives it to us here and where Peter said that John, John the Baptist, talked about being baptized with water, then this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at water baptism. John the Baptist is in the Jordan River. He's baptizing. And as he baptized, often he would baptize Gentiles that were coming to accept the God of Israel, and he would baptize them in the Jordan. I've stood in that very river, baptized members of our church as we've gone to the Holy Land, and they wanted to be baptized there, and we've baptized them in that river. Then others would come that were Jews, and they would come and uh, make their repentance and be baptized. And then even Jesus came and said, John, baptize me. And John said, oh, no. I have need of being baptized by you, not the other way around. But he said, no, no. And John baptized Jesus. And you remember the scripture that the Bible says when he came out of the water that the Spirit of God descended like a dove and remained on him. That the Spirit of God was upon Jesus. Well, Jesus was baptized in the beginning of his ministry, and then at the end of his ministry, he commanded us, the church, to make disciples, share Christ with every ethnic group in the world, to take the gospel to the world, then baptize them, then teach them all things that he has taught us as he gave us that great commission. First of all, I want to ask people in this room, if you've never been baptized with water baptism, you need to consider that today. Now, don't get it backwards. You're not baptized and then you believe. All through Scripture, you believe, then baptize. Believe, then baptize. Believe and be saved, then baptize. We find it all through 
this book of Acts. You, you find it in Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. 3,000 people believed and were baptized. In Acts 8 and verse number 12, the Samaritans, men and women, believed and then they were baptized. Acts 8.30, the Ethiopian eunuch believed and then he was baptized. In Acts 9 and verse 18, Saul, Paul the apostle himself, believed and then he was baptized. Last week we saw Cornelius in Acts 10, he and his household, they believed and then they were baptized. Some people try to uh, make infant baptism uh, out of Cornelius, but he never says that babies were baptized there. His household that we believe in the context of Scripture, been old enough to believe that they would have come to faith in Christ, not baptizing infants, but those believers, Cornelius and his household came to faith in Christ and was baptized. We come to Acts 16. We shall see Lydia. She believed and she was baptized. We get to Acts 16. We'll see the Philippian jailer. He believed and he was baptized. We get to Acts 18. We'll find Crispus. He's a leader of the synagogue and he believed and he was baptized. The question is, have you believed and then been baptized? In the early service today, we baptized seven, seven people. It was a biblical baptism on two accounts. Number one, it was biblical because we baptized them by immersion, not sprinkling or pouring, but we used the baptizo word. They were fully wet. And secondly, it was biblical because the Bible says that the Lord added daily to the church. And anytime we baptize seven or more, then we've been adding daily, one every day of the week. And so that's a good day. Uh, and our goal, we baptized 365. That'd be a great, great, great year uh, for us. But we had seven this morning as they were baptized. So have you been baptized after you believe? I went to South Carolina to preach on Friday night. I had to leave on the early, early flight at 6 out of Pensacola. That means I got up a little after 4, got ready, got dropped off at the airport, and I'm there. And, uh, you know, at 5.15, I'm really not in ministerial mode. <laughs> and I'm just over by myself, and I hear it. Pastor! And I'm like, he's not here. <laughs> and I look up and this dude is walking toward me. I mean, he's a big guy. And he's got a big dark beard. And a big smile as wide as Texas. Oh, pastor. Some of you may know Brandon Sutton. Went to school, Pace High School. He said, you've made my day by being here. He said, I sat in the church at Olive. You preached the gospel and God gloriously saved me. I was he said, you don't remember me. And I said, no, sir, I, I, I can't recollect. He said, you baptized me right there at the church. I said, well, you know, I thought, well, maybe I did or did. He pulled out his phone. He said, let me show it to you. And he showed me the video of his baptism. He still keeps years ago. We baptized right up there. And I, I'm looking at that phone. I said, enlarge that a little. There I stand. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now, this old boy got gloriously saved. He was an addict. Had all kind of difficulties. Messed up his life. And I thought, well, you know, he's just popping off. Then he took this off his arm had this wristband. He said, I want to give you one of these. I said, okay, what is it? 
on this little rubber wristband. He said, I'm a lineman. I'm headed to Minnesota, and I'm going to be working electrical supply. And he said, I climb poles, and I have an old crew that I'll gather up there. This little arm wristband says, Jesus is my pole buddy. He said, I never go up a pole, but I don't have Jesus going with me. He said, I share Jesus best I know I share him. Then over on the other side, it has L-S-T-T-W-G-L-U and a cross on either side of those letters. L-S-T-T-W-G-L-U. And I said, what in the world is that? He said, Pastor, that stands for love somebody today the way God loves you. He said, can I give you this? I said, I stuck my hand out and he stretched it out, put it on. I got on the plane. I went to Facebook. I found him. Son, he is preaching Jesus on there. He is telling me he had his, this morning I looked. I sent him a direct message this morning. I said, Brandon, you're going to be part of the sermon at Olive this morning. I said, I got you in. Let me tell you, friend, if you've believed in Jesus, you ought to go through the water. You ought to be baptized. That was his first step of obedience. And I'm here to tell you, I believe if he hadn't taken that first step, he'd probably make the next or the next or the next. And he'd probably go up a pole by himself rather than asking Jesus to be his pole buddy when he went up. God just it was evident that God radically changed this boy's life. He'd do the same for you if you'll believe. Take that first step of being baptized. John baptized seven in the early service, but yesterday he baptized two more. This gentleman that you see here over on the right hand side, he's 94 years old. Uh, Back in the back, there's a walker. This is his wife. The guy's name is Raul. His wife's name, I can't even pronounce it. I got it written down here. Z-O-R-A-I-D-A. Zoretta. I butchered that. They can't get out and come because they can hardly walk. That's his son on John's left, the grandson, and they're all named Raul. Same person. Raul, one, two, three. John got them in a pool at their house and baptized them yesterday using a walker to get up to the edge. And then the boys helped daddy and granddaddy in. He is baptized. So that made seven plus two, that's nine that was baptized yesterday and today. What's your problem? This man can't even walk. Friend, when John led him to the Lord just weeks ago. See, you, you ought to be baptized. When you come, that's water baptism, and you should do it. It's the first step of obedience after you've come to believe and be baptized. We baptize you when you're ready. We do it next week. Or two weeks from this afternoon, we're meeting down at Casino Beach, and we're going to baptize in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, we already got some lined up, want to do that. I'm going to be there. I'll baptize. We'll wait out there. You say, Pastor, what if it's bad weather? It's easier when it's bad weather. <laughs> Big waves make baptism easy. You have to get the right timing, but, uh, you know, as they come through. Hey, I baptized in the South Sea off Australia one time. Waves way over my head. I went out in that water. They had a deacon on either side of me. I said, what are y'all here for? And he said, we're here to hold on to you so you get to go home. That's why we're here. They held on to me. 
I didn't even have to bend them back. I just had to watch the wave come in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we were all baptized in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, but I'm, I got saved when I was 10 and I was baptized. For a friend, if you've been saved, you ought to be baptized. If you've never believed, Jesus died for you. Come to faith in Christ today. God reaches to you. And after he saves you, you should experience water baptism. Come at the end of this service. I'll be here in just a few minutes. Be standing. Just come in. Pastor, I'm ready. I'll do it next week or I'd rather wait. I want to be baptized uh, down at the Gulf. That'd be good. We're going to meet at 4 o'clock. Uh, that's in your little handout. And uh, you can come at 5 if you want to be baptized. We're having a service at 5, 4 o'clock. We'll have some fellowship. Be a great time. You be there a little later whenever you want to come. We'll have a wonderful beach afternoon with the church. Then at 5 o'clock service, I'll give a devotion. We'll sing. And then we'll uh, baptize. Water baptism. Some people baptize in a pool, some in a baptistry, some in a creek, others in a pond, some in an ocean. The picture is of Jesus' death going into the grave and coming out. And you are identifying saying, Jesus died for me and he was raised for me. Peter said, I remember how John said he'd baptize with water. But then secondly, that you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is not water baptism, but spirit baptism. Now, I want you to listen real careful. I want you to turn your phone off. And I don't want to be misquoted. I want you to stay with me now. For just a few minutes, I want to talk to you about water baptism. We've done that. Now, spirit baptism. You see, when you come to faith in Christ, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you enter this world, you are body, you are soul, and you are spirit. When you come into this world, you're alive physically. That's why you jump up and run around and cry and eat. In your soul, your mind thinks, your will chooses, your emotion feels. Saved and lost people have that. But you are dead in your spirit. You must be raised in your spirit. And that is when you come to faith in Christ, when Jesus is ready and finds you and saves you, you are immersed in the Spirit of God. You you are baptized by the Spirit into Christ. Literally, there's a resurrection within you where your inner man, the spiritual man, as my old pastor used to say, you are raised from a dead level to a living perpendicular. (laughs) That's what God does for you. Some of y'all ought to remember that. It'll help you in math class, all right? From a dead level to a living perpendicular is what God does for you. He he raises us from the dead and he baptizes us by the Holy Spirit. I want to show you four products of Holy Spirit baptism. Number one, Holy Spirit baptism produces regeneration. In Romans chapter 8, if you've got your Bible, you just turn there for a page or two. Romans 8, beginning in verse 9, listen to it. However you, he's speaking to the church at Rome, Christians, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. You don't live in the flesh, in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you are raised 
He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. If you do not have the spirit, you're none of his. If you're without the spirit of God, you are dead in trespass and sin. 1 Corinthians says it a little more uh, packed together in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Look at this where it says, for by one spirit we were who? Some or all? All. For we were by one spirit, we, we were all baptized into one body with the Jews or Greeks, slaves are free, all made to drink of one spirit. You see, when you come to faith in Christ, Jesus comes and, and when he redeems you, then you have been regenerated by the spirit of God and you are literally immersed into the presence of God in his spirit and he raises you from the dead. You don't do that, God does that. You don't save yourself, God saves you. And when he does that, he immerses you and he baptizes you and you are regenerated. You are given new life in Christ. Secondly, Holy Spirit baptism produces conviction. Conviction. When the Spirit of God is in you, he then convicts. In John 16 and verse number 8, it says, And he, when he comes, he will convict. Convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. If you are God's, you saved, and he is alive within you, You'll have choices set before you for righteousness and unrighteousness, and the Spirit of God will say yes to this, no to that. And when sin comes in your life, the Spirit of God breathes conviction in your life about sin, about being righteous, about a judgment that's coming. College students are on campuses across really the world this week. Freshmen have moved from home. Some of them for the first time are out from under the thumb of parents. And there's all kind of choices set before them. Let me tell you, if you're a saved young man or woman, the Spirit of God brings conviction in your life and will say yes to that, no to that. You don't have to have your mama with you. If you have your heavenly father in you. And the spirit of God will convict you and say this is right, this is wrong. I'll never forget. I was an 18-year-old boy. I was playing junior college basketball, Northeast State Junior College with the Mustangs. I went over to one of the boys' houses one night. I walked in there. I had never smelled that sweet smell before. They were drinking liquor out of pint fruit jars and smoking weed. And they said, you want one? I was a gospel preacher. The Spirit of God just so quietly said, get out of here. I reached up and grabbed that old boy, 6'5". I pulled him down to me. I said, I'm riding with you and you're cranking the car right now. That old big forward looked at me and he said yes sir where are we going I said I don't know where you're going but you're taking me home and the spirit of God just simply said no to that yes to this he'll deal with sin he'll deal with righteousness what's right what's wrong the spirit of God will, will set you in, in where you need to be always right in lockstep with the truth of the word of God and soon coming judgment 
Holy Spirit baptism produces regeneration. You're saved. Holy Spirit re- produces conviction. Thirdly, Holy, Holy Spirit baptism produces sanctification. Sanctification. L- listen to the Word of God in 2 Thessalonians. In 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God, look at this, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. He's chosen you. God knew you before you knew you. And now he sanctifies you, how? Through the Spirit and through truth. It gets even sweeter when you go to uh, the book of 1 Peter First two verses, listen to this. First Peter chapter 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen, you've been chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying, here it is, sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. I often pray that prayer now, that when I read the Word of God, people be sprinkled with His blood, and, they, and may grace and peace be yours in full measure. Hmm. Holy Spirit produces... Holy Spirit baptism produces sanctification. That's the word holy. Corey ten Boom was in a Nazi German uh, concentration camp. They were treated awful. She had a little sister named Betsy. Betsy died in that concentration camp. Corey made it out Wound up in America, Jesus radically changed her life, gave her grace. A few years after the war, she returned to Germany where she was asked to give her testimony about forgiveness. And she stood to share about the grace of God in her life. She writes and says, there was a man who came up to her after and she said, I saw that face, I'll never forget that face. He was the most Godless, one of the meanest men I'd ever seen. He, he was a guard in the concentration camp. He, she said, I don't know if he killed my sister Betsy, but he certainly had a hand in it. And Corey Ten Boom says that that German guard put his hand out and said, Fraulein, will you forgive me? Corey said it was like A millennium went through her mind. Time. She said, I didn't want to forgive him. I wanted him to die. I wanted to kill him. He may have been the one who killed Betsy. But she said it was like an electric charge that started in my right shoulder and down to my elbow that raised my hand and took him by the hand and said, yes, sir, in Jesus' name I forgive you. Let me tell you, friends, God will call on you to do things you can't do, you don't have strength to do, but the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost of God will give you grace to do what He calls you to do. I hear people all the time say, well, God, He doesn't give you things harder to do than you can do. Friend, everything He gives you, you can't do. It's only His presence in us and, and through us. And he sanctifies us and, and raises us to a level of holiness that we've never known in our life before through the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit baptism, it, it brings regeneration, it brings conviction, it brings sanctification. But number four, and this is where my Baptist friends really get mad with me. Holy Spirit baptism produces manifestation. The Spirit of God manifests himself. Notice in Acts 11, we're just reading here, where, where Peter's telling the story. In Acts chapter 11, in verse number 12, when these men came, verse 12 said, The Spirit told me. The Spirit of God spoke to him. The Spirit manifests himself. The greatest place of that, Jesus said in John 7, John 7, 38, 39, look what Jesus said. He who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will trickle a drip. No. From an innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit is not yet given because Jesus has not yet been glorified. When Jesus was glorified, the Spirit was given. So that at Pentecost, we saw it in Cornelius last week. And when you get saved today, the Spirit of God is in you and you are immersed. You're baptized. You're hmm. And so when you know him, there is to be the manifestation of a river flowing through you. Hmm. Don't quench the Spirit. Stop damming up the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God flood and flow like a river. Hmm. Spurgeon says there are two grave sins that are bred in our bones and are come out in our flesh. The first one is self-dependence. The other one is self-exaltation. When you are depending on your own self, you're walking in sin. What he wants you to do is die to yourself and come to the place of being dependent upon him. The other one is exaltation. I get around some people and they can't shut up because all they want to do is talk about themselves. Hmm. Friend, it's not about you. I said, it's not about you, my Lord. See, that that is of the flesh is you want to exalt yourself. You want to depend on yourself because you think you can. I got bad news, friend. You can't. You're not as good as you think you are. Hmm. And you're worse than you think you are. But when you're baptized in the Spirit, there is a manifestation. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, I listen to him every week of my life, sometimes every day when I'm walking, I listen to that British accent. The old pastor over to Westminster Chapel, London. He says there is the ordinary work of the Spirit and the extraordinary work of the Spirit. And he said most of us are stuck in the ordinary work of the Spirit and we're just getting along and going along. But he said this is no time for restraint. We need to see the extraordinary work of God. We, begin, we need to begin to pray to the Lord, fill me, anoint me. Give unction. He said this is no time for restraint, but it is time to be aroused, to be alive, to be active. So the Spirit of God is manifest in our life. We are dead to ourselves, and the Spirit of God is speaking. 
We need the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Hmm. I was preaching South Carolina Sunday, Friday night. I'm telling you, God was in the room. We, we got the, I went out afterwards. The guy came to me and he took me by the hand. He said, Pastor, I want to thank you for preaching. He said, God used you tonight speaking about, he said, I was leaving here to go divorce my wife. And he said, God saved my marriage in this conference tonight. He said, I'm absolutely going home. My, my family will stay together because of what happened in this room. The truth of that's in the Word of God, but something we just need the manifestation of God speaking into our soul. And we need to stop damming up the river. See, we, we want to say, well, you know, we just want to be in control. Bless God. We've been in control and we're about to die. We need Jesus' control. Sometimes He says, hush. Sometimes He says, speak up. Hmm. Man, I, I wanted the manifest. When I came to be your pastor 32 years ago, I wanted the manifestation of God to tell me. I didn't want to come here. Still have days I don't want to be here. But God said, go. I had a young preacher this week. He called me. <laughs> he said, I got a church hot after me. What do you think I ought to do? And I said, I've been waiting on this. And I quoted Jay Strack. Well, I called Jay Strack. Back in 1990, and I said, Jay, what do you know about Olivetta Church? What do you think I ought to do? And Jay Strack said to me, why are you asking a man what only God can tell you? That preacher called me. I said, why are you asking a man what only God can tell you? Bless God, I've been waiting 30 years to stick that knife and turn it in somebody. And when God speaks, he never stutters, nor does he speak contrary to the 66 books of the Word of God. Always in harmony. But you can read this book, and I'm telling you, there, there's, I've read every page, and there's no place in here where it says, Ted Trailer, go to Olive Baptist Church. You've got to have a manifestation, application. And I found that in Isaiah 41, and God spoke into my soul. And then I could either obey or disobey. See, this is no time to restrain. We need the extraordinary. God will give it when we need it. Yesterday, I'm getting on a plane in Atlanta. Delta was nice to me. They bumped me up to first class. I'm sitting on the front row. Before I got on, there's a guy standing next to me. I walked up, and I'm standing there waiting for my suitcase to get on. And I looked down, and he's holding a book. And the book is written by my good friend, Vance Pittman, who now works for the North American Bishop Board, 20 years, pastored in Las Vegas. And this guy's a big, tall fellow. And I walked up to him, and I, I noticed it was, book, it was Vance's book on stress. I said, sir... I don't know where you got that book, but I, I wouldn't read that. I said, that, that guy's a crook. <laughs> he said, what? I said, man, I'd be careful reading Vance Pitt. He looked at me. I could tell I done messed up. I was just trying to have a little fun. I said, where'd you get that book? He said, I bought it in a bookstore just up the concourse here for sale here in the airport. He said, I'm walking through the worst time in my life. I am walking through the most stressful time. He said, my whole life's caving in. He said, I grew up 
at Dolphin Way Baptist Church in Mobile, Alabama, and I'm flying to the Gulf Coast today going back. He said, my job's about to kill me. He said, I got more on me than I can ever. I don't, he said, I'm just about to die with stress. He said, I don't know if I can trust it. I don't know who this guy is. I just bought it because what was on the cover. I said, sir, let me tell you, you can trust that man. You can trust that book. I know him. He believes the word of God. He'll speak truth into you. You ought to read every page, and God will speak, speak truth into you. So. He said, well, thank you. I, I believe God puts you here in line with me to tell me that. I believe he did, too. I got on a plane. I called Pittman. He didn't answer his phone. He is in Boston in a Baptist meeting missing the blessing of God. You, you can miss a lot of the blessings of God being in a Baptist meeting. So I sent him a text and told him the story. Way late that night, he called me. He said, man, I wish I'd have gotten out of that. He said, I saw your call, but I said, well, I'll get to him later. He said, I wish I'd. Because I'd have let him talk to that old boy. Evidently, God didn't want him to talk to him. He wanted him to read a book. Now, let me tell you, if, if you'll sell out, God's got a plan. He doesn't just tell preachers to go to jobs. I'm telling you, if, if, if you got an offer to go to XYZ somewhere, you, you shouldn't go unless the Spirit of God says go. You, you shouldn't. God guides all His children. It's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our life. Stop resisting. Stop quenching. Stop damming up the river. Let the Spirit within you flow. You say, well, what if He does weird stuff? You're already weird. He does things decently and in order, but, but I'm telling you, he manifests himself in miraculous ways. If he can put old Brandon next to me in the airport at 515, I'll be encouraging him. Can I just tell you, I was not there to encourage him. He was there to encourage me. See, sometimes you can stand up here and preach your guts out year after year after year, and you just wonder, are you really ever making a difference? Is, is, what we're, is it really count? And then God sends some old muscled-up, bearded dude at 6 o'clock or 5.15 in the morning to holler your name out in the Pensacola airport. And thank you for preaching the Word. It never returns void. Am I telling the truth, Glenn? Amen. It never comes back empty. You may not get to see it, but I'm telling you, the Word of God, it does its work. You rightly divide it and read it, and, share, and I'm telling you, the, God will manifest Himself. For in you is to be a river of living water. So in the invitation, as John sings, you're here and you say, Preacher, I've, I understand I'm, I, I need Christ. I need to be forgiven. Come and we'll help you know Jesus today. There have been so many new people in our church lately, so, so many visitors. I called a lady yesterday. She answered the phone, her family. And when I called, she said, uh, who's speaking? And I told her. I invited her to church. She said, I can't come tomorrow. I said, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I wish you could. She said, well, I'm going to be at the hospital 
uh, because they're inducing labor and I'm going to have a baby tomorrow. I said, ma'am, can I ask you please, in Jesus' name, don't come to Olive Baptist Church tomorrow. I said, if you come and have that baby at our church, it'll wreck the service. I'm telling you, it'll be bad. We laughed together, and I prayed for her on the phone. It's only a new people. A couple last week, I prayed over her. She had surgery. They couldn't come today. They're in town because God's put them in, a, in an apartment ministry that we're going to be able to, I believe, help them some. We're just in a, we tried to do this years ago, and, and all of a sudden, God just sent them here uh, from Dallas, Texas, and start this ministry, and I think we can help them because our heart's where their heart is. And you can take that as coincidence. All you, I'm just here to tell you, I believe it's the hand of God. It's the manifestation of the Spirit of God. For some of you, you you need to come for water baptism. You you believe, but you need to come for water. Others of you, you you need to come and link your life with this church. Others of you have been living in a resistance to the Spirit of God, and, and you need to just come take your hands off and say, Lord, wherever you lead, I'll go. It's called Lordship. Lord, flow through me. For some of you, he's going to tell you, shut your mouth. Be quiet. Get holy. Others of you, he's going to tell you, begin to speak up. And some of you are going to just say, Lord, I'm here wherever you lead. Wherever you lead, I'll go. Somebody may be called to preach here. I don't know. You just need to do what God says for you to do. And out of your innermost being will flow this river, not a trickle, a river of living water. When John sings, I'm praying God let us baptize 25 people in the Gulf. Maybe you're one of those. You, you come. We baptize you next week. Say, so I've never taken that step. I need to do. Had some early service. Say, preacher's my day. I need to come. Need to link your life with this church. Some of you need to come to Jesus. He loves you. He died on that middle cross in that beautiful window. He died for you. He extends his hands to you today. He said, whosoever believe, he'll be saved. You come. You come. We'll help you to know the Lord this day. I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, we'll stand up. And when we stand up, just stand up coming out of that balcony around. It could take you a minute. Just walk down this aisle. We'll help you. Round over here. You're there. Just, just come. This ground floor. We'll be standing waiting right here. There'll be some of our other staff members that'll be here to help you. I'll be here. You come today. Be immersed in the presence of Jesus. Father, have your way. Draw people. Do what only you can do, Father. We can't do it. You can save and change. Thank you for what you did in old Brandon's life here years ago. And I pray, God, you'd do it again. Do it again. And do it now. In some heart and soul here today. In Jesus' name, I believe and I trust you for it. Amen. Thank you for joining us in worship at Olive Baptist Church. For more information about Olive, visit olivebaptist.org or contact us by email at info at olivebaptist.org. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you next time at a place called Olive.